You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. dog fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank, right here on the official Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, Seth Levitt, DJ Preach in the house, and my main man, OJ McDuffie Juice. We've gone big time again, man, every time this guy comes into tank. It feels like it gets a little bigger. Absolutely, Big Seth. I mean, that's how you roll, man. That's how we roll, man. And uh, having this guy in the tank, man, it takes us to a whole nother level. Bro. Well, I was going to say, that's how Jeff Darlington rolls. So let's welcome Jeff Darlington from ESPN. Welcome back. Yeah, this is a different deal, man. Like, I roll up today, you know. <laughs> thinking, on the table. Think we're having some coffee, chairs. a little chat, have my hat on, ready to just, you know. We were. I think last time we talked, it was... Little table, got microphones. That's it. Some fold away chairs. Full operation now. I, I keep telling everybody it's that Jason Jenkins money. It yeah. changes the game Jenkins every time. Says, <laughs> Jenkins gets the blank check. Yeah, absolutely. But now he says that, Juice. Right. We're look at where we're at. We feel like I feel like we're on the set at uh, Augusta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. 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 Exactly the right. Grand Oaks Golf Club here. Now I I parked in the parking lot myself. I you valeted, didn't you? Damn right I did. <laughs> We know whose club this is. I so. parked outside the gate and jumped it. So. Did you jump you know, the gate? Got, you know what I mean? That's how I got in. OJ, were you ever a member here? Never, never. I couldn't, I couldn't afford it. No, but a lot of guys used to come over from, from the Dolphins facility. Yeah. I, rolled I, did, I did the Rolling Hills dance. Rolling Hills. Yeah, <laughs> and I, when it turned, t- turned to Grand Oaks, I was, I was out. That was it. They put those big gates up. You know, you know it's funny. I, so I just joined recently here, and um, probably about five months ago or so. And, and my, my wife's cool about whatever, but I still try to keep, just try to keep certain things when it comes to golfing, most notably the costs associated with it. <laughs> So the other day I come home and there's an envelope on the counter and the, the statement, it was a statement Ooh. from Grand Oaks and it was open and Ooh. it was sitting there. I'm like, I didn't know they sent paper statements. <laughs> I felt like I was in like high school again. So thank God I, I, um, it was like the first month that I hadn't played at all because we were like traveling for some vacation. So it was like basically like two Coors Lights in one round. Like, and I opened the statement, I see how much it was, and I was like, oh, thank God. It was like the lowest one by far. It wasn't those annual membership fees that came in. And it wasn't the ones where I have about 47 Coors Lights in in a round. I think she already knows by the time you come home. Come on, Grand Oaks. First of all, let's stop with the paper statements, not only to save the world, but to also save marriages. And second, like... You can't put itemized beverage items yeah. on the statement. Yeah. Like, what are they trying to do? I don't know. Who do we need to talk to? Oh, I'm going to have some, I'm gonna have some conversations as soon as this thing's over. You know, Seth, it. you and I were members here back in the day. The when it was Rolling Hills, day. Rolling Hills yeah. days, we could come over whenever we wanted to. Just jump on a cart. And they'd, yeah. Well, yeah. you guys, hey, you're, you're welcome back anytime as my guest. As your guest. Yes. I appreciate it. Well, we used to yeah. play the JT cards. Well, we've had, you know, we've had other people run around here, too, you know, that we've talked about on our podcast when it was Rolling Hills. <laughs> you know, Larry Izzo and Zach Thomas had a nice little run over to that green Yeah, I think it was that right over right there. Right over there, and they had to run back, yeah. There was some crazy stories. They weren't dressed as nicely as you are. They didn't have their hair done, either. So, <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well, it's hard to believe it's been two years. Yeah, it's been, is, it's, I went back and looked. It was almost two years to the day that you were in the tank, and a lot has certainly happened since yeah. then. Uh, it was a great episode, but probably a year ago, we put out our rankings of the top ten episodes. And you were in the top ten. I almost, I almost brought this up. I didn't know when to bring it up. Yeah, well, let's just lead off. 
I mean, Seth, you told me, like, you're like, congrats, Jeff. You were, like, the ninth most listened to episode. Congrats? Like, what the... I mean... Wasn't good enough. Do you not take me for a reasonably competitive person? I mean, top ten's pretty good. That's not... That's That's not cutting it. He's like, this is bullshit. He's like, I gotta catch Crowder. That that pissed you off. Was it the fact that Crowder was so much... No, actually, Crowder deserves to be number one. Like, that guy's entertaining as hell. Like, I, I get that. So he'll sign off on Crowder. I just thought a who couple. Pissed you off? Well, you did, man. <laughs> like but who on the list? Like no, nobody. You did. It was me. You okay. can't be like. I mean, what, what does that say that about your nice perception try? of me? Yeah. Was like you shouldn't have said anything. Right, you should have right. been like, man, we got to have you back on. I don't know why these numbers were off. We, it must be our fault. Yeah, must have been a glitch. Right, right. Something's wrong. Out of how many? Circle. How many were at that point? Give us some context. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's probably about fifty. Anyway, we better start telling some good stories because. I, I'm like, I'm, let's go. Well, I'm ready to attack. I hope you're ready. Yeah. I hope you're ready. I mean, seriously, what do I got to say? What do I have to say to, to turn this thing? Well, you know, one of the things we talked about last time you were on was, you know, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, yeah. So we can, we can talk a little bit about Ryan on the episode. You know, you know he had just signed, and uh, you told us that eventually he's going to be the starter. You did. You told us eventually he's going to be the starter by season's end. And I, I don't know if I've really bought into it. Steph, did you buy into that? Well, he did. You know, I, I think he based some of it on injury history of who right, was in front of right. him. But he did say, don't be surprised if by the end of the season, the Tennessee Titans no. starting quarterback. Right. Well, I guess that's why ESPN pays him the big bucks. Yeah, that's right. That's why he's golfing at Grand Oaks. Exactly that's right. exactly right. That's exactly not at the right. public course. So, how about this? Let's talk about your relationship with Ryan. I know you guys are still really cool. And, and how would you know if you can tell us how, that he'd eventually be the starter bar an injury for somebody else. I mean, going into that situation, I just have a lot of belief in Ryan from a, a standpoint that I think his skill set is so uh, dimensional. Like, I mean, it, so it just, to me, honestly made sense. And as I tell you, Seth, I will generally support anybody who likes me. That's it. I like people <laughs> who like me. I like, <laughs> I like people who like me. Ryan seems to like me, and as such... I believe in him as a quarterback. Yeah, that's yeah. all it took. That's the secret sauce. Yeah. Like, Hopefully it hasn't made its way up through yeah, the ESPN. If, if Tom Brady didn't like me, I'd be like, this guy's falling off a cliff. Right. He's, never gonna, he's not going to make it. Well, that worked out well. Yeah. That worked out well. But you and Ryan, you and Ryan kick it a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, he still uh, makes his home in, in Fort Lauderdale. They still, Ryan and Lauren still love it down here. They, um, they plan on Staying, I don't think that's. I mean, private information. They, they <laughs> go ahead. That's what you're. They, they basically they love Nashville, but he loves fishing so much. She does too. They love the Bahamas. They love this life. So what? What I think is awesome too is that his ability to actually go and be successful somewhere and kind of become this confident man allows him to come back here and not feel like he loves it here. But that's a really difficult thing for an athlete. Like if you quote unquote fail in a place. I mean, think about the social anxiety of, like, going out and having to, like, face people look at you everywhere you go. Like, oh, you're the guy who couldn't do it. Now he goes out. You right. don't get that. No. No, Juice doesn't get that. Juice, yeah, that's what right. I'm saying. He's, right. it, it's true, though. It, it's probably a pretty nice thing. But, you know, but that position, though, is completely different than my position. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, all right, as a quarterback, man, honestly, we you see that there's so much weight put on quarterback. Dude, he's, he's such a good, yeah. classy yeah. guy. Yeah. But you do feel... I mean, he feel, um, it's much more comfortable to be around him right now from that standpoint. He feels confident. And, and th- it's funny, though, in South Florida, like, you know, people will come up to him down here and they're like, why couldn't you do that in Miami? And it's like, it's like well, that's, not the, that's just not the question, you know? Yeah, <laughs> There's no filter there. <laughs> There's no filters, man. And it's like, you're like, do you really just ask him that? So why? do you step in? 
You say I ask the tough questions here? I, I, I think I once in a while in situations that come up like that, I've been like, I'm totally cool. Just try to like segue. Like, yeah. hey, great, uh, great tuna tartare here. <laughs> like, he yeah. probably handles it pretty he well. He does. Okay. Uh, he, well, he does that. You know, you know what he does? Like what, what I think most athletes do really well. You got to master that awkward chuckle. I heard I've been with JT where people say, "Oh, well, you, you know, you cost me this, or uh, you know, I, I bet on this, and you cost me this game." And he's like, "Well, don't bet, don't right. you know, don't fucking That's bet it. on the Isn't team." Isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah people will say anything. But, but it's it, there's a there's a thin line between like being cool and being. One time I'm in the the Dolphins. This was hilarious to me. Bob Greasy. Uh, I mean, he'll probably. Won't like this either. <laughs> oh boy! They're in the, they're Does in the, he like it? You don't want to mess that up. Uh, eh. <laughs> so we're in the parking lot after a game, Bob's standing there, and some kid comes over for an autograph, and uh, you know the kid's like probably like eight years old, and he goes, uh, "Where's your dad?" You know, and the dad's standing there like going like this. He's like, "You couldn't just do it yourself." Like this kid has any idea who I am. <laughs> He like calls out the dad. It's like Bob, just sign the fucking autograph. Oh, that's hilarious. He probably, he's probably right though. He probably, no, unless the dad is, you he know, was, he's racing. He's educated. Right. That's yeah. Like, right. That's what you're saying. Yeah, you know, maybe in that household, Bob is a, a deity, and so that sure that young is. man has been raised. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you think it's a shrine? You think it's a greasy shrine? I, well, probably, probably not anymore. After that response, <laughs> yeah, not anymore. probably not anymore. So that begs the question, and I wonder this in your position because you have. You've really built some great relationships throughout your career with players, with coaches. We talked about Crowder last yeah, time yeah. you were here, and obviously that one dated back to his college days. But what is the fine line yeah. between journalist and totally. subject, friendship and interview? How do you balance that? It's changed a lot, and uh, and I'm not necessarily comfortable with some of the changes within within journalism, but... It's funny, like when Ryan was down here, yeah. I never felt as comfortable being able to be around him. And I do cover the whole league now, so it's not like right. I don't. But I think when I was a beat guy, like I had good relationships with guys. And by the way, you have to. It's the, like anybody who who tries to disguise it as like, I can't have relationships with the people I cover because I'm a journalist. It's like, well, then good luck. Yeah. Like good luck getting any information through trust as opposed to getting it through some form of other the press release that uh, we intimi- push out. Yeah, or, yeah. Or, or intimidation to where oh, they right. fear you and right. what you're going to say or write. Like, so where are, you know, if you're not doing it through a relationship of trust, how are you getting information? So I think it is a, it is a line you have to be careful of. I would say that it is much easier when you're covering 32 teams, now that I'm more national level, than when you're covering a beat. Yeah. Like when you're covering a beat, it can be very very tricky because because it's like you just i mean that's it that building is it for you whereas now like look if people perceive me to be too close to ryan i'll go which they don't but i'll go cover 31 other teams and and like and i'll come back to that when you're more comfortable with the idea of it and it's also like i mean if you think about the the inside the inside whether it's adam Schefter or ian rapaport i mean these guys are doing the same thing they're building relationships with people, it's just not as transparent yeah. because they're doing it. They're not out pounding beers on the. Uh... Oh, well, they're also doing it. They are. It's just with maybe people who. Right. It might be with agents well, who are not right. as. It's not as obvious, that makes right? Sense. And that's by the way. Whenever a reporter's like, you can't get too close to the athlete, but the agent, you can be best friends with him. It's like, what's the difference? Fair point. So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely it's it's an important delineation to make. You have to be careful. But I'm also not 
let's be honest, like what I'm doing is dessert. Like I'm not yeah. trying to report on, you know, you're not hanging out outside of many rights. Uh, well, not even that. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, all of sports is mostly dessert. I'm not, I'm not, that's true. I'm not uh, in DC, you know, going out with lobbyists who are convincing me to write this so that I yeah. say this. But, but to those guys, right. And, and, and certainly to the, um, the gatekeepers of the franchises, it, it is for them. It is right. I, I mean, the people lose jobs over certain things. So absolutely. ultimately you're right. It's a game and all of that. But there's careers in, uh, invested in this. Channing Crowder, um, Channing Crowder's mom came up to me one time early on uh, after college because I covered him at Florida. And she came up to me after I had covered him when he went through his two arrests. When he literally, the police report said he, quote, permanently disfigured the person's face. Right. And I had to cover that. And I knew Channing really well. And, uh, and his mom came up to me a couple years later and she's like, you know why I, I really like you, which this feels weird to say, I feel like, I'm, um, <laughs> like, like, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying that this is what I'm proud. I'm most proud of these moments. She yeah. came up to me and was like, you, when you wrote about Channing, you covered it fairly. You didn't, you didn't, it, you weren't great to him. Like you, you were writing some pretty harsh stuff, right. but also you were also really fair. Like you were pretty much down the middle and you just presented the facts. And like, that was always my thing, you, you know. No matter what your relationships are, if you kind of do just drive things down the middle, like when I covered the Dolphins, I felt like don't go, don't be a homer, but don't be an asshole. Right. And and I think if you just walk down the middle and let people decide and digest the information how they want to, then it doesn't matter what the relationships are. If, as long as you can see what I'm doing and, and you understand that it's coming from a place of like presentation, yeah. then I, I think that people... You have to trust people to be smart enough to kind of make those leaps. And it makes sense. Yeah. Where's that energy coming from? The the again, this whole journalistic integrity. Is it your peers? You know, who do your employers? If people have an issue, would you be called into an editor's office and say, "Hey, I'm starting to hear that you're kind of really not close anymore, and, man." Yeah. No. Honestly. Well, now they want that, right? Yeah. You know what? Not anymore. It's funny. It used to feel like that was the case. Yeah. When, more in, in the newspaper realm and i don't even know if it's like that there i mean think about the difference in in how far sports journalism has come since since shit the day that i met you like right. think about it like blogs were the first thing remember when like blogs were like a thing crazy we were so terrified of blogs as pr guys dude i made one i i tried to start i i started like i wanted to start doing like nfl stuff yeah so i started like an nfl blog when i was at the miami herald and i did I started it and I was trying to like do something and I never made, I was never wrong. Like to, to this day, I, this still resonates in my head. I, I like made one mistake on something because I was like, it's a blog. It's not as big of a deal. And That's like where the after that, is. yes. And after that, that was when I like put my, my, my fist down on the whole thing. Like, I don't care if it's a tweet. I don't care if it's a blog. I don't care if it's on TV or in writing. I don't care how long that story is. It's still has to have the same level of integrity. Absolutely. And that's the biggest problem yeah. with the industry right now. Shit, that's the biggest problem with society is that we we treat certain things with certain levels of integrity, whereas everything that comes out of our mouth should be yeah. or, or our brains. There's a little accountability yeah. there. In, in my opinion, not to turn this into a whole yeah. uh, media conversation, but I guess it kind of makes sense. <laughs> but it's I, I always say that it used to be... Uh, 
well, right now it's a race. It's a race to be first, and not necessarily yeah. a race to be accurate. Yeah. And and that's and especially with the right now nature yeah. of the industry. I mean, for me to sit home and know everything is happening in practice because someone is tweeting every twenty <laughs> seconds oh on every play. Yeah. I could, as a PR guy, I would have been like, I can't even imagine how we would have had to handle that. Well, well, Harvey would have lost his shit. And that that was that was happening before. And I remember the problem always being, you know, Tua Tunga Vailoa throws five picks in a practice, and like. And and it gets the practice isn't even over and it's gotten halfway around the world. Right? Yeah. Like like my boss was texting me about it. One of my bosses and and uh, I think a few guys and I was like, well, hey, quick context here. It's freaking downpouring. Like that's the first thing. Second, we don't know yet. And by the way, I'm not saying that practice was good, but we didn't even have a chance to find out what they were working on. Right. Like that's the biggest problem too. Right. We contextually speaking, we throw these things out there as if we know, and then after the practice. You know, and, and in that case, Flores did tell Tua, like, hey, yeah. this is your time to take some chances. Yeah. And that happens often. I remember Kim Camper telling me way early in the career, we were standing up there watching. He was like, man, the one thing you got to remember watching this shit is that they might be working on literally throwing interceptions. Like, he, the quarterback might literally be being told right now, hey, throw a pick. Throw it into coverage or yeah, something. Try, try to fit it in there. Feel like that. Yeah. Never come to say, hey, drop this one. Let's see how you... No, we knew that wasn't happening. All right, so one last thing on this, and, and we'll move on because I, I don't want to get too hung up on it. But how do you? And, and again, it's different with you being national because uh, and they used to give Harvey a hard time because he was so great to the national guys and the beat guys. Oh my like, gosh. Hey, what the hell? Really? Yeah. I was a beat guy, so right? I, I get it. You understand both sides of it. But how do you think the way the impact that COVID had on protocols on interviews? on now doing Zoom interviews. Oh, yeah. It blows my mind to see a post game where you don't, you don't have a choice. You can't walk up to who That's you right. want to and pick a game store. You're going to have the six, seven, eight guys who are kind enough to stay around and get on and, and who the PR people are working. How is that going to impact the ability for a guy like you to build those relationships? Not only that, but the fact that you have to like raise your hand. So you talk about journalism. Like if there is some aspect of journalism within sports media, like, you know, I'm saying it's dessert. <laughs> Like the idea that you don't even have the chance to say, well, wait a second, but, but, and then ask the hard questions because like some of the things I'm saying right now, I got to back up a little bit because there is an important point where like, you've got to be able to ask some questions because the fans want to know the answers to some like, well, what the hell did happen on that play? And you raise your hand and ask a question on a zoom call. And the person says something where there's like a obvious follow up, and you're like, "Well, wait, but," and then they're like, "Okay, now on to Johnny Dickwad in from the the <laughs> Tijuana Times." You, you, like, Johnny you have to click the little yeah. hand hand yeah. icon yeah. on the. So, oh, yeah. so, I'm hopeful that that is temporary, right. and I'm not naive to the fact that every team will act like COVID still exists yeah, in 2030 <laughs> in order to keep these protocols in place, but. Yeah, it, it, it's a concern. Um, it would be much more concerning if I was, a, uh, if, again, on the local level, yeah. not being able to get in the locker room and get to know some of these guys. I have more chances I now. roll out the red carpet when Darlington's no, coming like, in. Not, it's like, it is that. It's not. It's, 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 it's more there's, there's other opportunities yeah. throughout the year to kind of like get to know these guys that, yeah. that isn't that. But Harvey used to do that shit all the time. When Harvey Green, the former PR you know, guru of, of all time, Hall of Famer, uh, should be if he's not. Um, I think I he is. I, I think he's just the PFWA. Just, uh, yeah, I, I think what, so. I don't know what Hall of Fame he belongs in. He belongs in <laughs> there's there's a few of them. Uh, there's a few of them. So the Hall of Fame of bullshit, that's for sure. <laughs> Harvey, Harvey, used to, Harvey used to look at his, this was a famous one, he'd look at his watch. Uh, and he'd be like, all right, guys, uh, uh, 
Culpepper's, you know, Dante, you know, I'm just thinking in the top of my head, uh, Dante's got to go get taped up for practice. Right. You look at his watch and be like, Harvey, you don't even have a fucking watch on. <laughs> <laughs> so Harvey, uh, Harvey used to take the, the New York Jets guys would come down, the beat oh, guys the would come guys down. He would take them out to like the, the ba- this huge steak dinner. Like he'd take them out for like a 50, the, the beat guys would show up, oh God, we just love Harvey Green and the PR staff, you guys got it so good. We're like, what? Dude. We know he, he walks into the, the meeting. Yeah, he walks in the meeting. Hey guys, pizza will be here. It's the same pizza from Pizza Shack. Pizza, you know. Oh God! I mean, I love I love Harvey, but that son of a bitch. Yeah, but I hear the Ruth Chris steak is really good with ketchup. Yeah, exactly. That's where the Harvey's ketchup gonna steak. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, too funny. No, you mentioned uh, Crowder a little bit. You know, we all know the relationship you have with with Crowder, man. Yeah. And, and it's been documented, your friendship. Well, yeah, it goes way back. You just talked about that a little bit, you know. He was close to another guy who came out in the 05 draft, Matt Ross. Matt and we love, and we legend, love, love talking about Matt Oh, my God. Matt the legend Roth, of Matt Ross yeah. in the tank is epic. <laughs> is it really? Oh, my God. We, we love talking about Matt Ross. And we're hoping and praying that you have some good Matt Ross for us. Oh, absolutely. It's been Guys, but the, the funny thing about Matt Roth is that, like, he is largely an irrelevant figure in the – in the true like history of the Miami Dolphins, but in the backs in in the back in the back room, absolutely. Matt Roth is a, a he's a con. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Matt right. Rushmore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was a maniac. Um, you do you guys know the? Do you? I don't know which ones you know. I remember. I think he told me this story, or so, someone maybe he did. So, uh, do, stop me if you've heard this. <laughs> Some girl comes up to him, like, years after he's out of college, and is like, you, you asshole, you broke up my relationship. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, you got into a fight with my boyfriend at a bar in Iowa, right? He went to Iowa? He did. On the college campus. He did. And I guess the guy, like, had his, like, had him pinned on the ground or something. Roth, and Roth just turned him. Grabbed his nutsack <laughs> and squeezed so hard that I guess he popped his. Oh my god! What? <laughs> that is. We have not heard this one. And apparently, like it ruined the guys. You know, yes, like, this yeah, make TV. Yeah. the whole deal. And uh, it ruined the whole, the whole deal. And uh, and it led to the breakup. Wow. So the girl was upset with him because it led to their eventual breakup. I didn't see that coming. I have to admit. What a ball breaker. What, what a ball breaker. It's fantastic. That might so, jump all of them. Yeah, well, uh, golly, it just Does certainly. That, we got to get him in the tank. Can we get that in the podcast? Uh, yeah. I'm going to try and work it in the podcast. podcast it's definitely not making television. No, I don't think that one's yeah, making TV. I don't think that one's making TV. Uh, those are the ones. These are the stories. When How I'm did he react? Huh? How did he react to that? Oh, yeah, that was me. Yeah, I think he told me the story. Oh, he told us so. Badge of honor. I don't know. Bad, I don't know. I don't, you know, that's what happens. In scrums on the football field, you know, fumbles when the ball's loose. That's probably how it – because I would go into the locker room and that would be my thing, like, that's with guys. Like, I wouldn't even ask them about, like, the game. I'd be like, hey, what happens under there? Like, what goes on under the, yeah, under the pile? Or, like, I used to love asking uh, – like, I remember Ronnie – we had a whole big debate about this because I asked Ronnie Brown one time. If I, if I put on pads and you came straight downhill at me and I was, nice. I was the middle linebacker, like – Literally, what happens to me? And it was a whole debate whether I would be dead or just comatose in the hospital. And whether so I who would was survive. on what side of that debate? I, dude, it, it got. You it, thought you would survive? No, I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know. 
No, I wasn't trying to flex. I okay. I was very aware that this would be <laughs> very sustained yeah. damage. Both, both endings were bad right there. Yeah, both saying. endings so I knew would no be good bad, but it, right there. but yeah, it was yeah. like it was it brought in like <laughs> by the end like there were like ten ten guys in this conversation like oh man I think he had like six broken ribs and the other guy's like no man he's dead. <laughs> but but uh but Ronnie I think was like I mean in all honesty he was like it would definitely be, would be significant trauma, like bad, bad car crash, like whether you make it or not kind of thing. Well, we kind of talked about Harvey already. I was going to ask you about Harvey, and, and I know you, you talked about the way he treated out-of-town guys. Yeah. But what was so, you know, you got here in 2005, yep. not fresh out of college, but fresh out of a college town because yeah. your first job was yeah, covering the Gators. So you get here, you're in the bigs, and what were your expectations of a PR director in the NFL versus what your initial uh your initial meeting with um the great he was he was actually so i don't know that i had different expectations because you did, at, at university of florida it was pretty big time in itself so it felt sure. it felt like uh, you know the pr was pretty stifling at uf and all i kept hearing was like you know you're gonna get down there and it's the beat was actually segueing slightly the beat was jason cole was at the miami herald yeah. alex marvez was at the sun sentinel yeah. armando was um at the miami herald at as well herald. i was walking into a gauntlet Sure. Like I, who was at the post? Um, well, you were at the post. That's what the job I was you taking. Took. Joe okay. Shad had left the post. Ah, you took Joe's job. I replaced him. And Joe's back. Greg Bedard was was my backup on the Palm Beach Post. Yeah. At the Palm Beach that Post. Is a the room was a gauntlet. And walking into that, like, I mean, it was intimidating in itself. Yeah. And I remember people like, good luck. <laughs> but, you know, Harvey, Harvey was always actually really good to me. Like, he, him, Kimbo Camper... Joe Rose, the late great Jim Mandich, like those four people, like literally resonate in my brain, Harvey included, as people who were like very, like welcoming to, to being young. So I actually, I will joke about Harvey all day. I mean, I'm a, you know, going golfing with the guy and he, he golfs, he literally golfs like a 95 year old man. Like, <laughs> did he throw any clubs? <laughs> just like noises. It was like noises that would come out, like. Just like in weird noises, but I mean, you know, he's like typical old man golf. He's like, yeah, I shoot, I shoot like a you know, seventy-eight. I'm like, Jesus, Harvey, you're pretty good. Let's go golf. And we get out there, and it's like, you know, he pokes it sixty-five yards. And he's also the guy like the starter isn't even out there yet. He's waiting for the starter. The starter shows up. He's like, okay, I'm ready to go. You know. <laughs> well, he's famous for throwing clubs. Uh, he's got every golf course in South Florida yeah. has a couple of his clubs at the bottom of a lake somewhere oh, up in the tree. Is that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Harvey's famous for that. And I can't tell you how many times I would call him, and he would answer. I don't know why he would answer the damn phone. And the wind's blowing in the background. He's like, yeah. I have to call you back. It's my turn to hit. And he hang up on you. Yeah. I can't answer the fucking phone. Oh man, he held. He really held on to the old school mentality for a long time, and I respect it. Like he was like the last guy to go digital on the press guides and stuff he had like a that. Typewriter, he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> to the bitter end. <laughs> oh man. But uh, but I I felt bad for him because you'd hear stories about you know Saban like would just scream at him you know to a level that no person deserves. But but yeah, those are good days, man. I, I'm fun. He sticks up for Saban. Yeah. He came on this show. And sticks up. Yeah, he, he no, no, I know his whole. I agree with him on it. Actually, me and him kind of have similar takes on Saban. Yeah, Once you sure. realize that Saban hates everybody, you're fine. <laughs> good to go. It's right? not. Yeah, it's not just you. <laughs> it's a good buddy. You're not alone. Yeah. yeah. People used to be like, "Yeah, man, I feel bad for you." Like Saban treats the media like shit, and I'd be like, "Saban treats everybody like shit." Like as soon as you get past make that, me special. as soon as you get past that, honestly, like you feel the when you start to act like that toward him, like I get you. He changes his whole demeanor toward you too. It's a very weird. I mean, just psychological head game. But for some reason, 
That was the way it was with Saban. Once you sort of got his, it, his, enga- got his engagement with the coordinators on the sideline for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the toughest position to be in yeah, is to be sure. one of his assistant coaches. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he kind of tells those guys that I'm going to pay you more than anybody else, but you're going to. I heard it. a story from two offensive coordinators. I won't, I'm not going to say their name. People probably figure it out, but two offensive coordinators that were back to back. I mean, Jesus, he was here for two years. So I'm really, <laughs> this is going to be so obvious. Well, way to, way to cover your sources here. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> One of the offensive coordinators, I was like, when, when did you know it was a mistake? to take that job. And he goes, first day that I got there. Day one. He says, I opened the desk drawer and it was from the other offensive coordinator who just replaced. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a note that said, good luck. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. You know, like the presidents of the secret society. Like, it wasn't it? good luck. Like It was very obvious. Right. Apparently the way the letter was addressed, it was oh, very obvious okay. that good luck was not like a Good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a pat on the back. Go get him, Tiger. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. That is great. That is great. You know, Jeff, I used to, you know, I still do actually live by the motto, you know, plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. You know what I mean? And that's still my motto. You know, live life to the fullest, you know, and things like that. Well, I understand. I mean, you you feel the same way. Oh, yeah. Dude, look look how old I've got. I got this whoop band because it tells me, you know what this thing does? It like, it, it tells you it's a great segue. Great transition. It tells me how I sleep because uh, I sleep like shit. Right. I used to choose to not sleep, right. but now I just right. can't sleep. Can't sleep. <laughs> I wake up. It's like you have you have made twenty four percent of your bodily recovery. Like, right. but back in the day, it was voluntary. Right, right. I was also, you know, I, I was just. This is a great town to. Well, great town to. One thousand percent. I don't. When people, when two guys who have enjoyed yeah, South Florida to the fullest. Oh yeah, I mean, I see OJ out there. <laughs> <laughs> back at the Blue Martini on a Wednesday night. Wasn't that like your thing? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna tell you this. I mean, let's just keep it 100, right? I actually, went, I'm, I'm retired. I can say this. Right? Yeah. I, I went out like probably six nights a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? You and then I, and then I, and then I started bowling on Tuesday because there's nothing to do on Tuesday. Right. So I made it seven days a week. You know what I mean? I had a guy. I had a buddy of mine. So people that say like, oh, when you come to, you get drafted by Miami, like, you know, you got to be careful of the parties. I used to be like, man, shut up. We're all adults. Got down here, was like, oh shit, that's true. Uh, I, I remember joking with, uh, actually, I think it was Harvey Green. I remember telling somebody, actually, the Dolphins coming in one day, because when I, when you're a writer, it doesn't matter as much. Like I, things have changed for me. Let's be very clear up front. Like I have two kids now. Like I mean, I still have a lot of fun, but it's like family fun. It's not like Disney World fun. Right. It's like you know, twelve drinks at the at the uh, <laughs> at the pool with my friends, kind of fun. You know, you just got to justify everything. It's like, no, I mean, I, I put a tracking device on my kid. We're fine. Right, they were there. He had a floaty. Yeah. But back then, man, I had a buddy of mine who worked for Budweiser, and he had a credit card, and it was literally his job to go out promotionally buying people, like, like drinks. And and he had, like, 15 to 2 grand, like, a week on this card. And we, we knew all the bartenders in town to the point where they knew how to ring stuff up to where it didn't have to be the product that Budweiser wanted us to be selling. So we, I mean, we literally, he's like, just had the whole system I mean, I remember it was like a, like a, it was like a Thursday night one time. He's like, man, I didn't even come close to my quota this week. I'm only, I need, I need to spend like a thousand dollars in the next 24 hours. And I, he's like, will you come with me? I'm like, Oh, next thing you know, I'm like, I really don't want to, man. I'm tired. Nobody else wanted to. I live in the house with like five other guys. That's where the bangy dangy right. happened. Sure. And, and, and they're all like, man, I'm out. I'm they're out. Like, I'm, I'm out. And I'm like, all right, I'll go. Next thing you know, like me and this guy are just sitting there. We each have a bottle of Grey Goose in front of us, and we're just like, look miserable. Like, right. like we're but, but, but I mean, it was an amazing setup. But the, I mean, the problem is in South Florida. Like, they don't tell you to go home. 
Like, I need bars to tell me to yeah, go home. Right. You need to be kicked out. You're that guy? Yes. <laughs> to this day. You're a grown-ass man. <laughs> to this day. To the, I'm not, I'm not at bars. At like, this at like, band doesn't, doesn't do work. <laughs> at friends' houses. Like, I'm the guy that's there at the end. And they're like, you know, like, one of my buddies has got John down the street from me. I'll be at his house hanging out. And uh, I'll be like, where'd John go? And his wife would be like, he's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guess I'll head home. That's Party's over. That's a wrap. But, man, like, yeah. You, you you know now you got to calm down because TV it's just a different deal. Right. But but yeah, I have fun. The one thing I'll say is that um, it's just like juice. Like I mean, uh, you could have fun and stay out of trouble. Yeah. Like that was my thing. Like I never hurt anybody. I always did my job. And That's the bottom line. You still did your job. Yeah. You have a burner on both ends. Like I wasn't. Uh, I mean, I was hurting my liver, but I wasn't hurting anybody else. <laughs> and I wasn't like a dist- I was a happy drunk. You know right. what I mean? What well, you know? I also heard though, but it's kind of you know this. You know, live life to the fullest thing kind of caught up with you at the senior bowl. Oh. And then, <laughs> We've been talking to We did. We have to do our research. That never lets me live this down. I do remember finally, and I'll get to the story, but again, I got to throw out these disclaimers to defend myself. Jason Cole finally came up to me one time and was like, I finally get you. You're playing dumb. You're playing possum. A possum. Is it a possum or a possum? I think you're playing possum, but it is no, an opossum. A possum. It is a possum. But you're playing possum? But you're playing possum, yeah. Appreciate the grammar. When you're making an analogy about playing dumb, you got to make sure that you say the, appro- the word appropriately. <laughs> but but uh, but I feel like he finally it's figured me story. out. But the senior bowl, I'm still to this day. Like when, when I went on my honeymoon with my wife, we didn't book a hotel. We just got there and hotel hopped. Like we just floated. And and where did you go? Hawaii. And didn't book a hotel. No, we went to like two different islands. We just we, we figured out as we went. It was like camping at five star resorts. <laughs> so I was always like that. Like I, I still to this day, my producers like, "When's your flight?" And I'm like, "I haven't booked it yet." And they're like, "Well, you're done. So when are you going home?" And I'm like, "Looks like there's a the one in an hour." So I go do that. I'm the four hours before the flight leaves. Guys. Yeah, no, I'm the surprise. I'm the opposite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me and Seth, you would have an anxiety attack. Oh like if God. you look at my phone, I have like here. You want to see? I have. Let's look at this right now. My mail, I have 436,000 unread messages. I'm like that guy. Like, I believe that you either have to, you either have to stay completely on top of things or just let them completely go. If you're somewhere in between, you're going to be so stressed out your entire life. And I realized long ago, I'm not that guy. I'm an ops guy and I'm having anxiety over your, uh, your, honeymoon. No, he's a PR guy. Juice would be the closest thing to get me right now because, you know, like he's the PR guy who his his job is to have anxiety attacks. Like, uh, like you, you, that's your job too. Like, my job is just to make sure I get there. And that's the other thing. I never didn't get there. But with Jason Cole at the Senior Bowl and very early on, 2000, like my that first... That was his disclaimer, by the right, way. Right. That was you defending was yourself? Defense. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hell of a defense. All right. That, okay. was, that was crisis management. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to deny right. what Jason Cole said. I'm instead going to just, I'm padding it with perspective, perspective okay. and context. Right. I showed up to the Senior Bowl and I was like, all right, I'm here. Let's cover some stories. And they're all like, hey, where are you staying? And I'm like, I don't know yet. I, uh, I was going to book a hotel. And they're like, it's the Senior Bowl, dude. You're in Mobile. This is the one time of year when they like flood the town with people. Right. There's no hotels available. I'm like, I'll find something. And I'm like, this is not the, the other thing that's beautiful for me is now that you apps and stuff, you can figure it out. Dude, th- this was not that day. It was 2005. Yeah. Like, you had to have like a, like a dial-up internet connection. <laughs> so I, could, I, could, I couldn't find a room. I was completely content. I appreciate Jason Cole. But this is one of those things where someone makes a favor feel like something I needed. I was completely content in sleeping in my rental car. He 
insisted that I sleep in his room at the residence inn. He had like an extra room. So I took him up on his offer. But it wasn't like I needed his hospitality. Yeah. But I certainly appreciate it. He's holding it over your head, though. Yes. I didn't have a hotel room. Jason Cole, to this day, has held it over my he head. He said you looked a little tired, tired when you showed up, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bet you had more fun than Jason did that night. <laughs> probably a good chance. If I was a betting man, there's probably a good chance. Oh, that's hilarious. I love Jason. That is hilarious. I'll tell you what, though. Alex Marvez was the opposite. That was the problem, is that Jason... You go, oh, dude, my, my, I have like, <laughs> my top, to my top five stories in life are probably involving Alex Morvez. Well, you know. And by life, I'm child. not talking about childbirth. Well, Once again, right. 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 I got to think of something that I can even tell. I mean, they were all, literally all of them are, I can't, I can't tell them. <laughs> They're unbelievable. You don't have a single Marvez story you can tell. I don't think so. Wow. They're all off the record. All right. I mean, there was like one time. To do a who's this handling after booking? dark yeah, I'll, I'll, episode. I'll, <laughs> dude, I'll put it this way. What time is this airing? My first, my first assignment, I can't even tell this story justifiably. <laughs> my first assignment was in Akron, Ohio for the Hall of Fame game when Marino got inducted. Like, this was my first. That was like my first thing. And I get there, and Jason, he was bullying me. And Marvez is like, come on, let's go out. And I'm like, sure, let's do it. And we ended up in like, dude. The story, I can't even tell the story. All I can tell you is that we ended up in a taxi driving down. The taxi driver was driving down the wrong side of the interstate. The driver? The driver. In, in Akron. Yes. Or Canton. You were in Canton. You were in, we ended up in Akron. You ended up in Akron. Okay. The name of the night has been dubbed Fear and Loathing in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. We got to get Marvez in the tank. I don't even know. There was another time he took me to one of those. What do they call him? Con Leche? The what do they call the uh, the wrestling? The little. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, he was big in the whole wrestling the, the, scene. The, the smaller wrestling. Not the, the Nacho Libre yeah, kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude. <laughs> I can't, I mean. The smaller wrestling. Another time we're in Cleveland, Ohio. We go to. Um, oh, he's half Marvin. I can't <laughs> tell him. <laughs> this. This was actually funny because he was big into music. And I remember this music was also, wrestling. this was 2005. And he's like, hey, there's this, there's this band that I heard about. We should go see him. And we go see him. And we're, it's this Jewish community center. And it's, wait, 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 wait. It's you a, went to a JCC? It's Saturday night before a game in Cleveland, Ohio. So it's me and Marvez. And we're at this concert. And it's literally probably 200. Old um, Jewish guys. No. Yeah, like 14-year-old Jewish kids in, in, um, in the yarmulke. In the yarmulke all standing in front of us, and me and Marvez, he's like, yeah, this band's supposedly awesome. And I'm like, wait, did you crash a bar mitzvah? I was like, where the hell am I? Dude, do you know what? This is the band's, the, the, the band's playing, and I'm like, these guys are unbelievable. You like, gotta tell us who it is. Unbelievable. Nobody had ever heard of this band. The band's name is Modest Yahoo. No, it was the, the rapper. He's the Israeli yeah. rapper. Yeah, yeah. Wow! Like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now it all makes yeah, sense. Yeah. But dude, and Marvez was it? <laughs> I love that Let's everything you way. say about Marvez Let's starts put it with this dude. Way. I was watching that concert, trying to figure out that if the band was actually this good, or if I was just <laughs> thinking that the band was this it good. It was probably some combination of all of those things. Oh, I think man. you crashed a bar mitzvah. I think some rich Cleveland. You got to have. But Marvez has changed dramatically. Like he, he used to have the mullet and everything. The and mullet was epic. He cut the mullet and everything changed. Well, you know, uh, there's one other beat guy, and you mentioned him earlier. He's a columnist now, but 
a little more conservative than Marvez, but it's Armando Salguero. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so, by the way, Armando's got some stories from yeah. back when, before he was conservative. So yeah. let's just say that the, <laughs> that the Miami Dolphins beat was one of legends. This is where legends were made. Between Marvez, Salguero. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jason, he was boring as shit. No, I'm kidding. I love Jason. But he is boring as shit. Seems like he's a Stanford That's guy. why he invited you to come he's, hang out with him. Stanford guy. Uh-oh, yeah. Angela's pissed off now. He's You're like, taking a shot yeah. at Stanford. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's right. He's a little Cavs, a Stanford guy as well. Armando, though, um, uh, Armando, it's interesting because I remember early on at the, on the beat, I was getting frustrated because, like, I can't remember what it was, but I, I was basically, we were on the beat together, and it was like he was 1A, and I was, I was, he'd be like, you're my backup, but I thought of myself as like 1B. Right. As you should. When you're young and ambitious and all that shit. That's right. And, uh, Don't like being number eight in the right, top ten. Right, exactly, yeah, so exactly. I get it. But I remember there were things that were like getting frustrating. It wasn't against Armando. It was just like I don't know certain aspects of trying to do things. And I remember talking to my boss about it over at the uh, Falcon Pub, George Rojas, and he gave me great advice. And again, I don't want to act like I was like bitching to him behind the scenes. It was more like just kind of talking about the whole situation. He goes, and to this day, I, I'll never forget this advice. He's like. You know when you see those horses on the racetrack and they got those goggles on their eyes? Like, you know what those are? Partly to keep the mud off. But they're blinders. So the horse can't see right, the horse can't see left. He's like, put your blinders on, dude. Do your job. Put your head down. Stop worrying about it. And it was true. And, and I remember ever since that advice, having this great relationship with Armando. My boss also made a really good move that year. He decided to make me the beat guy who did the news and the game stories and stuff, and made Armando the columnist. So that's when that transition. Oh, wow. Happened. Okay. So I, I was, because they recognized, like, I was the guy doing, like, the game stories and stuff. Like, or I was more the down-the-middle guy, and he was more the columnist. So it's like, let's show the readers exactly who these two are. And, uh, and, and that role, I mean, I, I put me and Armando, and I think he would agree, I put the two of us up against anybody on this beat ever in terms of the amount of news that nobody was breaking news like we were, that nobody else... Nobody was That's getting a heavy-handed else. squad right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Armando, yeah, we used to, I mean, we're very different personalities. And, uh, yeah, like, he has a different way of getting information than I do, and they're both effective. But, but man, we, yeah, we had a good time. Well, he said I need to ask you about you, him, Vonnie Holiday, and the phrase, <laughs> why not us? So, I, you know, I, I don't know what the hell that means. What, I don't know what year was it. 2006, Vonnie would be here. 2007, Vonnie. Did holiday? he come in with Saban? 05, I think. Right? I think it might. To be this day, I year. can't. If you, if I spell Happy Holidays, I spell it wrong because of Vonnie Holiday. Because <laughs> he's got like two L's. I don't even know what's the right. I name. don't know either. I have to look it up every time. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't even tell you. So, Vonnie Holiday in the locker room one time, the team was like uh, five and five or something like that, and they were like, you know, out of the sort of the playoff hunt, but. Armando's like, you know, Armando's talking to Vani, and he's like, you know, um, do you feel like you guys could, I mean, this is not the job of journalists, so, do you feel like you guys could, uh, you know, maybe make a, a push for the playoffs? He's like, Vani was the king of, like, answering your question with exactly what you asked, <laughs> which is a, a journalist's dream. Vet. It's, a, uh, it's a vet move. It's a vet move, because he knows what you want, but he, it was a journalist's dream. Like, if you had, like, a lead in mind, again, this is not the way you're supposed to tell stories. You're not supposed to back into them. But, like, if you had something you wanted to write, you'd be like, hey, Vani, um, would you say that this team performed um, a little less than to your capabilities? He'd be like, 
I would say that this team performed a little less to our capabilities. It's a, it's a sports writer's dream. <laughs> you guys, you guys get real big. So, so Armando went up to him one day and was like, um, Bonnie, you know, five and five, you know, you're not out of the playoff hunt just yet. He's like, yeah, I don't think we're out of the playoff hunt just yet. And Armando's like, uh, yeah, like, is it kind of like, why not us? And he's like, yeah, why not us? So like a week wow. later, Everybody's wearing shirts in the locker room that say, why not us? Wait a second, you guys started that? Armando did. Did he copyright it? It was, no, no one even realized it. It became, you know, one of those cheesy, like, Rally motivational cry. rallying cries? Yeah. So everybody's, like, in the locker room, like, why not us? And me and Armando, the only ones who knew, <laughs> that it was because he led Bonnie into this question. With an inception. So to this day, why not us, which um, he, I, he's not claiming, nor either of us are claiming that he created the phrase. But to this day, you'll see players say all the time, why not us? Oh, and, uh, Do you guys text wow. each other? Is that your little Every time, <laughs> to this day, anytime someone says it, like, that's me and Armando, like, like uh, just saying hello. Like, uh, it's always, oh, it's always, great. why that's not great. us? I can't believe it. So, there, so Vani took that, inspired, and, and then. You know when you see those shirts every year? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We have this new uh, segment this year on, on, the, on, the, on the tank called uh, Explain Yourself. I thought I just did. Yeah, we're going. Well, we need you to explain something yeah, else. Yeah. It was one time, Juice. Yeah. You know, you've had you made a lot of noise. You had a lot of noise on Twitter with you and your unique town of spinning shit. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. What do you have? What do you What do you have that you can spin for us, bro? Dude, it's like unbelievable, man. This is not a tough ask, apparently. No, this is uh. I can spin anything with centrifugal motion. Dude, let me see what you got here. I mean, anything. You, I, this has got these strings on it, so it's tough. But hold on, let me see if I can get these strings out of the way. Something without string. Is that, that, is that box empty? What? Oh, goodness. Is you that can't empty? spin that box. You can spin that box? I mean, it's really hot and slippery and sweaty out here. This is kind of tricky. How heavy is that box? No, Come on, Jeff. Are you serious? Yeah, I tried to sound a little bit, but this is glass over here oh, now. Shit, that's really <laughs> too heavy. That's too heavy. Yeah, that's. I mean, like, I, that's <laughs> oh, shit. That's really heavy. What do we got? What else we have? What uh, else we have? That, you have a laptop? Yeah, give me a laptop. Oh boy, <laughs> you are brave. Um, okay. uh, Jenkins can pick. Jenkins up. money. It's like Jason Jenkins money. So. I can spin anything with centrifugal force. It's the craziest thing. See that? Angel's about to die back there. <laughs> I can do that all day. With any, I like anything. It's a very strange talent. How the hell do you learn that? Jeff? I was in high school, and me and my buddy Doug Bedore would take our textbooks and we'd just start spinning them, and we'd figure it out, and like then just started moving on to bigger things. I remember I was <laughs> on my I was on my bachelor party, my my greatest feat. I was on, on my bachelor party in uh, Austin, Texas. No, but like, I, I remember really exposing myself as being a master um, spinner when I was, it was like a, it was like a, I was like a, exposing, I remember really exposing myself for my bachelor party. On my bachelor party. My father-in-law was there too. We have just gone off the rails. We have gone completely off the rails. You could just tease the whole thing with that. Yeah. I think that's going to be the title of this episode. I was a master So, um. I was, I remember getting chased off. I was, there was like a, you know, street meat vendor with like a, actually it's more like a food truck. And the lady had like um, a, a card table, like a big square card table sitting next to it. And I was, you know, it was like 2 a.m. And I pick up the card table and I'm spinning it. The whole card table. Yeah, yeah. The whole, I mean, this, you know, almost right. the sizes. 
and I'm, 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 I'm spinning the thing. I got a whole crowd around me, like the street. And I, I mean, I'm like, the whole place is going nuts. The lady comes out. She's so pissed. She's chasing me down the street. <laughs> yeah, I can spin anything with centrifugal force. And I didn't realize that nobody knew this. My friends know because it's usually something that happens you yeah. know, after cocktail or two. That's what it sounds like. Well, but, I figured it was developed uh, like at the at the house with the five of you guys at the bangy dangy party. Dangy party. Right? Yeah, I used to spin stuff there too. Uh, <laughs> really? No, like literally. No, okay, like, okay. Just, uh, okay. And um, Do we have a chance to get any of this. Any shot? Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's okay. We got enough content. No, 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 no. Just keep pushing through. But, but yeah. There's enough people that are going to listen to this damn thing. But I can, um, but I can spin it. So it's it, here's a little secret. I, I always say for the past like 20 years, I can spin anything with centrifugal force. And people always correct me. They're like, well, centrifugal force. And that's like a Jason Cole thing to do, right? Like, correct me on that. I don't know what centrifugal force is. I have no freaking clue. I just say it all the time because it, it's funny to explain it. And they're like, oh. Well, this is kind of like the possum thing, right? Huh? This is like the possum thing. Yeah. Right but like, but even my wife the other day was like, because she's, she's like, um, it's not what, centrifugal force. Like, that doesn't. And I'm like. I, and I just keep going with it. I'm like, I can spin anything with centrifugal force. And she's like, well, and she's pulling up the, the phone, like looking up the definition. Right. She's like, this is here. I'm like, look, Lori, I don't know what shit you're looking at. I can spin anything with centrifugal force. Like I had someone on Twitter be like, it's actually centripetal. Yeah. I saw that. I yeah. saw that. Was that you? No. <laughs> I was just thinking in my head. I think it's <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy, though. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, guess what? I don't know what it is, okay? That's better. You know what it is? It's the misdirection. It's like a freaking magic trick where look over here and I'm fucking this all up over here. These guys are uh, saying to me, uh, well, can you spin a baby? Can you spin? I'm like, I can't spin a baby because a baby does not have centrifugal force. I was on Get Up the other day and and you can hear in the background, Mike Greenberg goes, actually, a baby does have centrifugal force. (laughs) But I'm like, I I, I can't spin it because it doesn't have centrifugal force. That's so good. I love that you're riding. That's right. That's right. That is fantastic. And it doesn't matter if I say it here. Like it's just like the when I do the the bit. I do a bit on Twitter about when the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor from Animal House. Right. Where anytime there's a big blowout, once a year or so, I try not to use it much because it's it's old. But for the past like 15 years, I'd say, was it over when the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? And then. Inevitably, have a hundred people attack me and tell me that it wasn't the Germans; it was the Japanese. You, you idiot! You're a moron. And uh, turns out, jokes on them. And then I like to retweet. I retweet them. them. That's the title. Yeah, I retweet them. And then later on, I I used to. Now it doesn't work as much because you can get it on like um, Netflix. But I used to buy whoever would do that a DVD, an Animal House DVD. Like, thanks for playing along. And you'd ship it out to them. Ship right. it out to them. You are showing your age, my friend. <laughs> no. Mostly I would do I probably spent $1,000. That's what you do in the tank. Is that right? And by the way, I did so. People thought it was like a gracious gesture. It was because these people would get attacked by like 100 other people. Like, you oh, idiot, joke's on folks. you. Yeah. The Animal House folks would then go after them. Right. So you're moving them from one party to the I'm next. I'm just trying to keep from these people from hunting me down and killing me by giving them this yeah. this gesture. So the trolls would troll the trolls. But my favorite part should have been spinning the DVD. is when people, when it would go super uh, next level, when the people that liked me would defend me by saying, I mean, it's not like he's a historian. <laughs> he's just a sports reporter. Like, <laughs> they're, 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 they're really discrediting your entire profession. 
But I knew what I was talking about, too. Oh, yeah, and not to mention, they're just saying that. What you but my favorite thing on Twitter is to just troll people because, like, some people are like, yeah, but don't you feel bad that you're getting attacked on Twitter for these certain things? And I'm like, if it's the people that are morons, why yeah. do I care about Plus, them? look at my followers. They just right. keep climbing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I know you want to go out there and hit a few balls. We're going to try and get out of here. Only a couple more questions. No but since we're talking about your social media exploits, uh, you know, I basically prepped for this show by scrolling through your Instagram yeah. account. This fish that you caught. Oh, speaking of uh, people coming at me. That's right. People didn't like my fish. I caught a, you know, we go on a, a trip. South Florida people understand this. It's, a, it's okay to catch a black grouper. It looks like a Goliath grouper, which is like endangered. So people were kind of freaking out, but it was that big. It's a black grouper, a 91 pound black grouper. So every year for the past 20 years, um, my buddies and I from college, we go to a place called the Dry Tortugas. We spend like three nights out there. We sleep on the hull of the center console, like literally on the floor. Like my no back hotel Because so no one's booking right. a fucking right. hotel. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> guys, there's no hotels. There. Right, guys, right. It's literally like this little tiny, like there's a little island that you can camp on, but it's just as we just prefer to sleep on the boat. So we sleep on the hull and for three nights and we just fish the hell out of this place. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's amazing. But this year we'd caught, we limited it out on our red grouper and stuff like that. We caught what we wanted. So let's go try to catch our black, black grouper. And uh, we brought up a 91 pound. The, the Key West Marina where we had it weighed, the previous record was 53 pounds. Holy crap. We got 91 pounder. Yeah. I mean, that thing looked Damn. like it could play off yeah, a that, that, that thing pitching, was man. huge. Yeah. Humongous. Yeah, that was huge. Well, yeah. congratulations well, on awesome. shattering yeah. the record. Yeah. And, Does that uh, make you feel better about our uh, the, the no. podcast situation? No. Uh, no, no, that, no, that's still a bitter. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, depending on what they let us leave in this episode, yeah. we got a chance to do some damage yeah. here. No. Yeah. Uh, or... And the whole thing. Right. That's, that's a good <laughs> point. Let's save this one till late in yeah. the uh, season. You guys got any hosting roles at the fish tank? Because uh, I'm out of a gig. <laughs> All right, Jeff. We have one last question for you. Look, it's a serious question. You're like, yeah, well, yeah, we're going we're gonna to try to. We're going to try to bring it back right here. You know, typically, we try to avoid you know, the, the topic, but you were way out in front of Tom Brady leaving New England camp. You were oh, way yeah, out guys, in front of that. You guys don't like and talking you, about Tom Brady, right? Yeah. No, and you're also, I mean, the fact that he was probably going to the Bucks, you're out in front of that as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how you, how do you know this information, first of all, going in? I know you got your people, yeah. but you I, you also have some, you have to have some gut stuff as well. Yeah, that was, you know what's weird is that, like, within, when I was kind of reporting it, in my space and in my world where I was getting this information, it was, it was, uh, it was so understood and known within this small circle. And the, the bigger thing is like, kind of, it was interesting because people literally just did not want to accept it. Right. And you took a lot of shit for this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it was interesting because I understood to a degree in Boston, they were coming at me hard. They were like, you don't know shit. Because when I went on, I basically went on Get Up one morning. I'd gone on for like the month and been saying the same thing like, Guys, Tom Brady, not going back to New England. And no one was treating it as news. They were literally like, just like, oh, yeah, he's got a thought on that. And I was like, I was. He like, also thinks right. the Germans bomb for a while. But I was literally like saying it like, yeah, I think you need to understand I'm not saying this from a place of opinion. Right. And then finally on, on Get Up one day, I like was pretty emphatic about it. And I remember I was on the set and in between commercial breaks, someone from Sports Center comes running and they're like, Sport, or Sports Center's pissing you just said that on the air like you didn't say that on sports center you need to get on sports center right now and said 
And Mike Greenberg goes, uh, oh, look at this. Jeff Darlington is trending on Twitter. And I'm like, uh, I look over and I'm like, oh, you mean Tom Brady? He's like, no, not Tom Brady. Jeff Darlington is trending on Twitter. And I was like, trending. oh, shit. Like, right. yeah, I realized that moment. But first of all, I was like, I knew what I was saying. I was confident. I was just, it was like people were so unwilling to believe the yeah. news that they literally just discounted it as being impossible. And when it did finally kind of come to light, all these people were sending me nasty ass messages on Instagram. And, uh, why? I mean, dude, I didn't tell me the light or beforehand? Mean, huh? Beforehand or when it when actually came to light? When actually when happened? I, what, no, before. When I said that, oh, when okay. I said it, I they're you. sending me stuff like, dude, like bad stuff, like I hope you die, you know, like, like crazy. I'm like, wow, you care. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's probably, yeah, like you, you care way too much. So I let it go because I, I understood it was very frustrating in the moment, like where you have these people saying this. Even like Dan Patrick was ripping me on the air, like, and I remember going on the next day and and kind of going after Dan a little bit, but I had to kind of be, I was I was pissed. Like the, that night when I had heard that that he was bringing me on the show, uh, and they they told me it was just to talk about like some other thing. I didn't realize that he was bringing me on to kind of like call me out on the report. Because no, I remember being like, yeah. when I realized why that night, why he was bringing me, because I, I, someone sent me the clip from that day where he was ripping me say. saying like, so you didn't even know. He, he goes, was... no. And he was like, this is just some guy. And I, the, the bummer is I love Dan Patrick. And he's like, this is just some guy who's, um, you know, talking to other reporters somewhere. And I'm like, shit. So, so I was so pissed, but I like slept on it. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go on and explain rather than, you know, don't, don't fight him on this, whatever. And I remember being like, man, like, Dan, I've been covering the league for like 20 years. Like yeah. you, you know, like this isn't out of nowhere. Like you, I feel like you know me and I didn't love it. But, but so by the end of it, we had like this great conversation. And I remember even then he's like, yeah, but you know, the Bucks. you mentioned the Bucks, And I was like, don't discount the Bucks." And they ended up using that on the, uh, when Tom announced the Bucks sent out this video, hype oh, the video, the hype video. And I was like, Larry don't discount, discount the Bucks." But yeah, like, so even like that, like, Dan Levitard had me on, and they were like, "We'll bet you said you're, you'd be stunned. Uh, we'll bet you if Tom Brady goes back to New England, we get to stun you with the stun gun." And I'm like, "Okay, what do I get?" And they're like, "You get to stun Dan." So did you? <laughs> no, I mean, no. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Well, do wait this. a minute. Is that still good? <laughs> but yeah, so I went back later on Instagram. And by the way, it's cool, Dan and Dan and Dan. Like, I I get it. It's frustrating, but you get it. You know, you just move on. Uh, but. I went back on Instagram and all the people that were really, truly attacking me in like a really weird way. I didn't, I never responded to them because I knew eventually I was going to be vindicated. I knew my information was right. And uh, I went back and double tapped all of them. Oh, did you? You <laughs> love, love you. Didn't respond, just let them know I knew. <laughs> and now you know too. Right. Wow. Right. Have oh, you I ever had anything, I, I can't imagine it was any other story where you had to did you have any idea that it, that it was going to be that difficult? Like Juice said, you had to have some guts to go forward with that story. Did you have? I mean, I was so. It wasn't like response would be like that. Yeah, and the tricky part was like I knew, as a reporter, when you know something, it can be difficult at times because I'm like super conservative about things I report. I mean, there's a hundred things in my brain right now that I could say that would be like significant news, even about Tom Brady. Like, but you just you're careful about the things that you report because not only Things can change. Yeah. You know, things can happen. And if you look at every single word that I said, it was like I, I was I knew every word that I was saying and the reason I was saying it. And I knew I knew it. But you're still sitting there like, shit, what like what happens if tomorrow Tom wakes up and he's like, I can't do it. I can't right. go. Right. You still yeah. So it's like one of those stories that until it happens, but but 
Look at there. Yeah, that's when you're asking us if you can jump on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> believe me, and, and, and the thing is, people will start getting in your head, and, you know, enough and questioning you enough to where you're, like, questioning yourself. And I remember several times during that story being like, no, dude, think about who you who you talk to, who you know, who's telling you what. Like, you're good. You're good. Yeah. I'm, it's I fascinating. Mean, yeah, and that day wow. when it went down, I, I said it on air. Someone, someone had told me when he was announced that he was leaving the Patriots, I was with my kid. We were buying like a, that was, it was during COVID. We were redoing our kitchen. So I had to go buy this piece at this random place where nobody speaks English. And I'm standing there and I get a, a text from somebody who says, you need to be in front of whatever TV, whatever computer in wow. 10 minutes. And I'm at the counter of this place and they're getting me this like shelf that I had to order, like this iron, I can't remember what it's called. And the guy, I'm like, I'll be back. And he's like, what? No, no anglais, no anglais. And I'm like, I'll be back. And I take my kid and I just run out. Dude, I flew, th I mean, I call my wife and I'm like, you need to come outside right now and get Will. Get the kid. Yeah, I, I, I need to get in the house. <laughs> and if you look at, I get, I get, I get in there, I get my, my, and because of COVID, I had all my stuff set up. I never would have been in a position to be on TV to say it oh, and, 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 and break it on the air. And uh, if you look at it, when I say it, though, I had gotten out of bed and went to the store. I have total bedhead. My hair is all over the place. Never even looked Kinda at myself. Kind of like you looked when you showed yeah, up yeah, here today. Yeah, yeah when we surprised you with all this. That's and, uh, great. But, yeah, man. It was, didn't that's matter at that point what you looked like. Right, exactly right. That's great. Well, I'm sure your employers were happy that you weren't conservative in your reporting there. Yeah. And uh, we're happy that you were anything but conservative than <laughs> what you brought here to the fish tank, man. Love it. Love it. So um, I didn't know if he was going to be able to top his previous. He got. He's, he's, he's still got a hundred in his head, so Andrew, we can tell that he's got yeah. a lot. Of, he's got a lot, man. So, yeah, right. well, very we'll impressive. To, we'll have to start to book you now for round three. Yes. But yeah. I appreciate you being so gracious, man. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. Guys, I love what you're doing, and uh, it's fun to do this stuff. You know, tell the Thank stories. You, Everybody down in South Florida loves telling the stories with you guys. So we have a good time with it. Fun, yeah. Got to do the beat writer roundtable. Yeah. Oh. Get all those guys together. That's actually a great idea. You get Marvez, Cole, oh, and Armando. Yeah. Marvez needs his own show after <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Marvez needs his own show, it sounds like. Thanks for diving in. Yeah, yeah. thanks, guys. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one. of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when we dive up in that fish tank, Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins tales in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players, no secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie, bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it. Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about them fins. You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in. Fish tank. 
Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank.